0: Welcome to the Zaga Center's podcast. This podcast aims at providing education, knowledge, and experience, focusing on zygomatic implant rehabilitation. Learn more about the treatment procedure, its impact on each patient, and get to know the members of the Zaga network. Welcome back to the Zaga Center's podcast. Uh, This is David, your host. Today we're traveling to Miami, Florida. We're meeting with Dr. Eduardo Nikolaevsky from Zaga Center Miami. Uh, good morning, Eduardo. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for taking the time to be with us in between patients and in between clinics. Could you please uh, introduce yourself, uh, your background, your training, your current uh, activity to our audience so they get to know you a bit better?
1: David, hi, thank you for the invitation, first of all. Uh, yeah, my name is Eduardo Nikolevsky, and I'm an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. I limit my practice to basically surgery. Uh, I do a lot of implant reconstruction or surgery, pathology, and trauma, and I'm located in, in Miami, Florida.
0: So you cover all types of, of implants, from regular implants to zygomatic implants, and, and also cover part of the maxillofacial field with uh, orthognatic surgeries and, and more. Starting with, with the zygomatic implants, um, what pushed you to actually, uh, at some point, sit and learn and read the literature and come to the Zaga course in order to provide this treatment option
1: to your patients? I mean, my, my, my history with zygomatic implants goes beyond 20 years. Many years ago, I took a course with the only implant system that was offering uh, this type of implants. And honestly, I got disappointed when I started with the system. And what I didn't like about it is just I didn't like the prosthetic components and the prosthetic result I was getting. We were getting implants coming through the palate of the patient with very wide prosthesis. Patients were not happy, and I abandoned the system. I didn't use zygomas for, or zygomatic implants for many, many years. I got really proficient into doing bone grafting, and conventional implants until I met Dr. Aparicio uh, three, four years ago I met him and he changed my whole vision on zygomatic implants and the whole concept.
0: How do you choose between bone grafting or block grafting and zygomatic implants when you diagnose severe atrophy in, in one of your patients? What is
1: the rationale behind that? I mean, there, there are many different ways of approaching a case. There's a grafting approach, a graftless approach. It depends on the medical condition on the patient. It depends on the predictability. And it depends on the prosthetic needs of the patient. I mean, some patients don't want to be in treatment for years. You've got a graft. You've got to do soft tissue revisions. You've got to do additional bone grafting. You've got to do implant placement. You've got to wait for the implants to integrate. You cannot put pressure on the implants. So... Patients are wearing a a removal device. It's applying forces on top of the implants. You have a failure here, a failure there. I mean, the zygoma offers the patient, the zygomatic implants offers the patients a different alternative where you can address most of the patient's concerns in terms of aesthetics, stability, function, and time.
0: We could say you gave a second chance to do zygomatic implant treatment. Um, So what what changed uh, between... Your, your first uh, contact with zygomatic implants and the second one. Uh, you came to the ZAGA course, you learned about the ZAGA concept. How does the, the, the ZAGA philosophy integrate in what you do and how did it change the way you approach the treatment?
1: It's Let me, let me tell you, the ZAGA concept, it's not placing zygomatic implant. It's the approach to the case. And... It showed me a different horizon on how to see cases. I'm looking at cases completely different, completely changed my whole philosophy. To begin with, whenever a patient comes to my office for full arch reconstruction for implant dentistry, I get a cephalometric cone beam CAT scan from the get-go. I want to visualize my zygomas. I want to see the health and the condition of the paranasal sinuses from the first consultation. Beforehand, patients used to come to me. I used to get a full cone beam, a CVCT as part of the routine examination, but I never went and I was never visualizing the case in that manner. So the Zaga, it's not only an implant placement, it's a concept, it's a diagnosis, it's incorporating a lot of different alternatives into your armamentarium to offer a good option to the patient.
0: Okay, so that takes me to my next question, which is patient-focused. If I come knocking at the door of your clinic tomorrow, I have no teeth left, I have failed implants, I have no bone left in any of the zones, in any of the area of the upper maxilla, what would be my journey through your clinic?
1: I mean, whenever we have a comprehensive case like that, my personal approach is I usually like to acquire or have an appointment for acquisition of all my records. So you would come in, I would give you an introduction, you would have a clinical examination, we would go through your medical history. All my patients get a full scan. I like to do navigation on my cases, so I'm thinking way ahead what I need for my computer, for my planning. I take intraoral, extraoral pictures, we take an intraoral scan, we get a facial scan, I superimpose the facial scan to the cone beam, and then I usually sit down with a restorative doctor because I limit my practice to world and maxillofacial surgery, so basically I have a meeting, a consultation with the restorative dentist and with a lab technician, the three of us just check everything. And then we have a second consultation with the patient where we go over the diagnosis, the treatment alternatives, the possible complications, and we go through every single step on the way. Now, whenever we're doing a case, let's say you're the patient and we decide that the best alternative for you is doing a zygoma case, a hybrid case or a zyg. It depends on your anatomy and your needs. Then What we do on my next step is usually I send to the Saga Center. I print my 3D model to have further evaluation on on, on my surgery. I plan and I execute my surgery in the model before even going to the patient. I get a STL file from the design of the teeth. I superimpose it to my comb beam and I choose the, the exact position of the of the implants and we present everything to the patient even the design of the teeth before getting there so basically it's a process i mean i don't i don't take anybody to surgery before 6 weeks it does just doesn't happen
0: so you mean that as a patient i would see the final results the aesthetic result before undergoing the surgery right
1: absolutely absolutely i would i would you would you can be of the design of your teeth you can choose the color the position you can choose a lot of different different things we get you involved from the get go yes
0: okay so let me follow up with two questions we get uh, usually from from the patients Uh, the first one is how long does the surgery last and the second one how many how much time do I have to wait to get uh, my fixed teeth again
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends what we're doing on the surgery. I mean, zygomatic implants, you've got to know the technique. You've got to know the anatomy. But it's just, it's not a complicated procedure if you follow the Zaga concept. I mean, it depends on what you're doing, and it depends on the complexity of the case. But for a single arch, let's say we're only doing the maxilla. We're not doing anything in the mandible. Maybe we can be in surgery anywhere in between two hours. A case can last you sometimes three hours if you've got a reposition. Uh, usually, the way we, we do the loading of the cases, the restorative dentist comes, they come to my clinic, to my office, and they they do just they acquire the impression. Now, we have different techniques. We do a lot of cases with a PIC, with the PICC the technology, with the, with the flags, where we deliver the following day. Some of my restorative guys like to load that same day. So I mean we have different ways, even though we acquire the peak digital impression on the patient that day, what we can do too, we 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 just load a provisional that we follow the STL file. So it's a really quick procedure. So I have the lab technician in my office and I have the restorative dentist. We usually we do the procedure under local anesthesia and intravenous sedation. We don't we don't take patients to the hospital for that. Uh, I, I do mainly, I'm guiding the sedation, but I have a, a nurse anesthetist with me in the office concentrating into, into monitoring the vital signs of the patient. We do the, everything with sterile techniques. And we you need to have the adequate armamentarium to do it. I mean, you need to have the adequate instruments, the retractors, the dissectors, and you need to have implants. You need to have different size implants so you can, you can choose from the, the different variables that you have.
0: Let me move to the patient's minds now for a while. Uh, so you receive patients that are usually quite deceived with uh, the dental care. They had dental implants. Uh, usually they have failed implants. Perhaps they have failed uh, blood grafting. They don't trust dental professionals anymore. So how do you, as a dental surgeon, gain their trust, give them confidence that this last resort solution is actually going to work. And uh, how do you live that magic moment with them when they get teeth uh, back?
1: Well, number one, you you've, you've got to show them. You've got to tell them the truth about this whole thing. I have a beautiful keynote presentation where I really sit down with them. I show them what we can do. I educate the patient as much as I can. Some patients even like to see surgical pictures. Some patients, I mean, I ask them if they want to see exactly what goes on. I mean, I don't try to show them, but some patients, they've been through a lot, and they really want to see what it is. Uh, I give them the opportunity to speak with other patients that I've done the procedures to so they can get it from the patient without me being in the room. I have the permission from the other patients. Uh, and, and usually, you know, whenever whenever you're honest and you tell them the benefits, which I mean, they don't have many options when they come to that. Patients, I don't have few. Pa- I mean, I don't. I cannot tell you of patients that just don't go through treatment when they're referred by somebody and they know somebody that we've done them. They just go through it. Uh, so far, I haven't had a case where I was not able to load my implants, or not to place them. Honestly, I mean, everybody has left my office with teeth. But I, I always tell them, I mean, there is a chance that you're going to get in there. And, and they accept that. I prepare them. I said, well, I'm going to do everything in my hands. The chances are this is going to happen. We have a 96, 97% you know, number that th- things are going to happen like that. But this is, this is nature. Now, the, pay, the way patients react, it's very emotional. It's very emotional for everybody in the office. I mean, my staff, this is, if I could limit my practice and do one case like that every day, I wouldn't do anything else. I mean, it's challenging. It's great. I mean, you you change the patient's life. You do change it.
0: Do you have one patient in mind that will stay in your memory forever because of how you change their life?
1: Yeah. I have a patient that... I, I've been seeing, as as you know, I am from Mexico. I've been seeing that patient for 30 plus years, for 32 years. And the patient, she lost her teeth at a very young age. And I, my thought process when I met her was that I wanted to do a a, Lefort, a maxillary osteotomy with an advancement. And I was going to do an invasive bone graft procedure. And, and she just, number one, she didn't have the means for, for that and she didn't want to go through that. She told me there's no way. I mean, she has two babies at home. She had two babies then at home, and she didn't want to put herself into a, into a big procedure like that. And the zygoma concept, you know, it's it's just a completely different scope. It's a completely different window of opportunity to a patient. And the prosthesis that you're going to be getting with those, it's even better with the versatility of the changing of the angulation of the implants and the way we... I mean, we place them at the level of the alveolar ridge, thinking always about the final teeth. You can change somebody's life. I mean, we, we, we change the whole concept of treating this patient.
0: So let's move on now to the education uh, side of the world. Uh, I know you participate in many different initiatives to share your knowledge and experience in zygomatic implants and in other kind of treatments. Uh, my question for you would be... Uh, could you give us one advice that you would share with a, say, younger professional or someone willing to or having to learn zygomatic implants to provide these treatment options to their patients? What would be your single advice for
1: them? My single advice would be is you've got to be really educated whenever you go and You do anything to a patient, not only zygomatic implants. Zygomatic implants, they, they're they a great alternative for patients, but you need to have surgical training. You need to have surgical skills. You need to study. You need to know the anatomy. You need to know how to deal with the complications. And if you want to do it, I think we're going to be offering patients a great service. But you've got to be prepared for that. You've got to be ready. You've got to study. You gotta see other people doing it, and then you, you can you can go go and do it. Uh, I think uh, that the Zaga concept is it's a really good way of getting into this.
0: So you're talking about educational courses, uh, reading the scientific literature coming in, um, mentoring from other experienced yes. surgeons, right?
1: Yes. Yes, and, and you need you need to have surgical experience. I mean, you cannot pretend just coming out of school and start doing zygomatic implants. You need to have implant training. You need to have surgical training. You need to have medical understanding of the condition of the patient. You've got to incorporate an, an ENT doctor into your daily practice. There's no way you can you can be a zygomatic implant surgeon without taking into consideration the, the paranasal sinuses. You need to have a, an, an ENT guy on board. You've got to Educate your medical professionals, and because I mean they're not they're not aware of of the zygomatic implants, most of them. So you've got to get somebody in your team for that.
0: Would you recommend learning about zygomatic implants to any surgeon, or only to the ones who actually need it, with patients coming in with no other
1: solution? It's very difficult, David. That's I mean the first time when I met you. I was in Barcelona and I told you, we were talking, we were talking, I remember exactly at the end of the course about this topic here. Um, Over the years, I've understood that the person that's well-trained is going to be the one that needs to be doing the procedures. I don't think it would be fair to tell you, you've got to be this, you've got to do that. You've got to have somebody that has the training. And in my opinion, A doctor, before being a good doctor, he needs to be a good person, and he needs to be honest with himself and with the patient. Whenever you're not capable of doing something, you've got to refer it to some some center that they can do it. I couldn't tell you a specific profile, David. I just have got to tell you, there's got to be an honest practitioner, and before he goes to a patient, he's got to know what he's doing.
0: That is nice to hear. Okay, so um, let's leave dentistry aside for a moment. Uh, you know this question already from the previous episodes. When you're not uh, thinking about dentistry, learning, or teaching, when you're not thinking about your cases or your patients, what do you do? What do you do with what, the little time that you have left?
1: I mean, I have three daughters. Uh, I love spending time with my wife and, and my daughters, but my hobbies, my personal hobbies, I play a lot of tennis, uh, I play golf, I go to the gym. And I enjoy going out with, with, with my family. I, I like to visit my 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 mom. She lives in Mexico. And I like to travel. We travel as much as we can. How do you find the time for all of that? I don't know. I don't, I don't have any time, David. But I just, you know, I, I try at night, go to the gym, go to the tennis court. On the weekends, I spend time with my family. In the summer, I take a week off, a week and a half off. I never take more than that and I try to just to, to, to get the best out of it.
0: Okay, so after finishing this episode, I will reach out to you to be my personal trainer for time management, I guess. Uh, but for now, we'll uh, terminate this episode. Uh, thank you, Dr. Nikolaevsky, for being with us today. Uh, you are the lead surgeon at Zyga Center Miami, so the exclusive uh, reference center for zygomatic implants. Uh, thank you for taking the time in between patients, as we mentioned in the very beginning. And thank you for always being in in such a good mood uh, as always. So we'll meet very soon. Thank you. Bye, David. Thank you for your time. This podcast aims at providing education, knowledge, and experience, focusing on zygomatic implant rehabilitation. Learn more about the treatment procedure, its impact on each patient, and get to know the members of the Zaga Network.